Europe Out Loud, a podcast about Europe's history, culture and civilization. Brought to you by the Martin Center with Frederico Reo. For our first podcast, I would like to, to deal with a phenomenon that has pretty much affected our, the life of everyone in the West in the last couple of decades, and that's Islamism. But I would like to present a, a somewhat unconventional thesis about it, and that's the idea that contrary to what we hear in a lot of uh, context, Islamism may be a thoroughly Western and a thoroughly modern political ideology. When you look at the most widespread views on the subject, I think you can, they are very uh, politically grounded and you can categorize them politically. Uh, I would say for the sake of simplification and clarity that you have two broad views. One is the leftist approach and one is the rightist approach, at least the most common rightist approach. The leftist approach tends to emphasize the, uh, the economic roots of Islamism. Uh, it tends to see Islamism as a phenomenon, as a reaction by some disenfranchised parts of the population, some uh, cultural or economic minorities against uh, a society that is unequal or that is unfair. The other uh, widespread approach, which is more of a rightist approach, it's particularly widespread, I would say, uh, among liberals and among neoconservatives, to use the, the American definition, it's the idea that Islamism is a totally alien political ideology, that it is a, a backward, religiously inspired uh, reaction against the values, the modern values of the Enlightenment and Western civilizations, of tolerance, freedom. Uh, and in this sense, it's totally other from us. It has nothing to do with our own culture and with our own civilization. The idea I would like to present here is a, is a third perspective, which is probably a rightist perspective as well, but it is neither liberal nor neoconservative. It is more of a traditional conservative uh, rightist perspective. And it is the idea that Islamism uh, may be um, a, a reaction, a backlash against uh, certain forms of modernization, secularization and loss of traditional absolutes similar to the one we had seen in the West uh, with the, the great 20th century political ideologies, the, the great totalitarianism such as fascism and Nazism. I think that in many ways uh, Islamism resembles this uh, right-wing totalitarian ideologies much more than any form of traditional religious order. And in order to understand better what I mean by that, um, I, would, I would point to the, the evolution of Western-owned conservative ideas throughout the 19th century and the, the tragic convergence of many conservative voices in the 1920s then on, on uh, um, the, the totalitarian right-wing movement, fascism and Nazism. Conservatism was born out of an attempt in the 19th century to defend the traditional way, values, and particularly also religiously grounded values of Europe's civilization. But it underwent, it was part of the process of political, social, and economic modernization. Towards the end of the 19th century, we start seeing the emergence of a phenomenon that is little known, but very important to understand the, the, the answering 
20th century, and that's the emergence of a completely new conservatism that has, uh, it maintains its critique of modern civilization or its attachment to some sort of idealized tradition, but it, it, it absorbs the nihilistic turn, the Nietzschean turn, that characterizes Europe civilization at the end of the, of the 19th century. And this is a very weird form of conservatism because uh, it's, it's a revolutionary conservatism. It's a, reserve, it's a conservatism that actually despises traditional forms um, of, of uh, traditional absolutes in the Nietzschean sense. It, it doesn't believe that these absolutes are viable anymore, and it looks for new absolutes. And for example, it's a conservatism that is much more open uh, to nationalism compared to the old conservatism, which was very skeptical. It was grounded in Christian universalism, and therefore it objected to uh, nationalism. No, this 20th century conservatism, this nihilistic conservatism, it despises tradition, it's much more vitalistic, it tries to, uh, it leaves off uh, a sort of constant leap forward, and uh, it, it, it eventually ended up siding in the 1920s and 30s with uh, Nazism and fascism, uh, as, as a sort of the lesser evil in the, in the struggle against uh, communism. Uh, and I, I think that in many ways, Islamism resembles this, uh, this thoroughly modern political ideologies um, because I think Islamic societies, as well as Islamic communities living in Europe, has undergone have undergone in the last uh, century or so a similar process of forced top-down secularization and modernization. Uh, this happened first through colonialism, the Western enforced modernizing policies of, of colonial powers, but most importantly it happened through top-down um, dictatorial but thoroughly modern uh, figures uh, that imposed modernization from above. I'm thinking about uh, figures like Ataturk in uh, in uh, Turkey, like Nasser in Egypt, like uh, to a large extent Gaddafi in uh, in uh, Libya, uh, like uh, the, the Saddam Hussein himself in in Iraq. These were dictators. They were not the expression of a liberal democratic modernity, but they were thoroughly modern figures. They believed that religion, to some extent, with some nuances, Gaddafi was much more religious than the others I have quoted. But they believed that religion was a force of the past and that it was impossible to modernize their countries, if not by uh, crushing, uh, crushing it. And so I think these societies went through a process of forced um, modernization, which I am not criticizing, I am analyzing. Uh, of course, we know that the process of modernization has many virtues in terms of shared prosperity, higher prosperity, higher uh, enfranchisement of, of uh, largely people who were largely excluded from political and economic processes before. So this is not the point. It's not about uh, condemning or praising. It's about understanding much more than anything else. So in many ways, uh, as this uh, conservatism that then converged on totalitarianism was a conservatism without Christianity, this, this Islamism that we are seeing now is an Islamism without Islam. Without the, the cultural foundations of the Islamic civilization. I think the most striking example of this is the, the sorry, the dismal fate of Palmyra, the ruins of Palmyra. Palmyra was a Semitic city of stunning beauty, uh, which stood in Islamic territory since the 7th century. And it was actually cherished 
embraced by the Islamic authority. It was seen as a, the, the remnant of an older great civilization that Islam had built upon, had improved, had absorbed, very much in the way in which Christianity had built upon the classics and had absorbed the classics, that Christianized the classic. Islam did the same thing with um, the, the, the rest of the Hellenistic civilizations of this, of this area. Um, and we had to wait for the rise of this barbarian, decultured, ideological form a political Islam, that is Islamism, this nihilistic, uh, 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 frenzic, if I may say, uh, 20th century uh, and 21st century political ideology for the destruction of Palmyra. So in this sense, I think this, this phenomenon is thoroughly modern. In the West, we are seeing something similar, uh, this Islamism without Islam. Many of these people are not actually practicing Muslim. Uh, they get radicalized in search for absolutes that they have lost in search for cultural references, but they are not part and parcel of the, of the traditional uh, stream of, um, of the Islamic tradition and civilization. So from this point of view, I, I would say, and I, I get to my conclusion, that uh, we may be wrong in, in seeing Islamism as a totally alien um, political ideology, uh, based on a perspective that considers the West as uh, identifying with Enlightenment values. This is a wrong perspective. Communism, uh, Nazism, there is a very liberal, uh, a, very, a series of very liberal Western political traditions to which probably Islamism belongs. Uh, one point which is important to keep in mind, none of this means that Islamism has nothing to do with Islam. It would be like claim that uh, Nazi anti-Semitism has nothing to do with uh, the traditional anti-Semitism of Christian societies. Uh, of course, there is a link there. There is at least an atmospheric, if I may say so, as the German atmospherisch, if I can use the German word, link there. But there are two thoroughly different phenomena. Nazi anti-Semitism was biological, it was pseudo-scientific. Uh, Christian anti-Semitism was purely religious in, 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 in its uh, foundation. And it's the same with Islam. Of course, it's, it, this, is, uh, this is the way um, I think uh, many Islamic societies, uh, many Islamic individuals are reacting to the forced, uh, the painful transformation that the process of modernization is bringing to them one century or two centuries later compared to, to what happened in the West. It's, as a concluding maybe thought, I think that this bond between uh, Islamism, Western political ideologies, was particularly well understood by some of the staunchest opponents of Islamism and, and some of those who uh, most strongly uh, believed that there was an absolute incompatibility between the Western values and the Islamic values. I'm thinking about people like uh, Oriana Fallaci, uh, the, the Italian journalist who became extremely uh, popular uh, after the, the attacks of 9-11, arguing against uh, Islamism. And me, me, the, the very choice of the term Islamism, as opposed to Islam, is a sign that we are privileging, we understand that we are talking about a thoroughly modern political ideology. And this is even more evident in terms which are widespread among these people, like, such as Islamofascism, where it is not a rhetorical trick. On the contrary, it, it really captures one of the fundamental uh, sociological and, uh, and uh, psychological drivers, I think, of the phenomenon we are seeing. Um, I... I am not alone, I think, in, in believing this. There is a, a great uh, contemporary British philosopher, John Gray, 
longtime professor at the London School of Economics, now I believe emeritus, uh, who has presented a similar point of view uh, at the BBC, and I, I quote, and this is my, my last sentence, he was referring to ISIS, so to the Islamic State, ISIS resembles a 20th century totalitarian state more than any type of traditional rule. That was today's episode of Europe Out Loud. Subscribe to our podcasts for more.